Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Welcome to the Starcy Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Anita Nall Richeson. Anita swept the cycle, gold, silver, and bronze at the 1992 Olympics. She is an elite member of the ISHOF and has spent three NFL seasons as a nutrition consultant. Challenged by a series of mystery illnesses following the 1992 Olympics, Anita rediscovered her health through food. After working with top-tier high performers like athletes and corporate executives for 12 years, Anita founded Champion Power Programs, where she teaches and coaches other high performers on how to reach and stay at the top of their game using her signature power plate formula and other strategies for sustained health and success. Welcome to the show, Anita. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So excited to chat with you further, just because as a personal chef, I've had the pleasure of working with people who have gone through your program and you've really improved their life and their nutrition and their choices. So I'm excited to have you share more of that with the audience. Yes, I'm excited to share too. I'm an open book. So ask away. 
So tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you're supporting clients right now. I do one-on-one work with a couple of clients a year, but it's high touch for me process to do one-on-one work. So I don't take on a ton every year, Um, but I also do some online work. I have online programs. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I really got into that for a while, but that that was like such a process for me. So I haven't been creating as much as I'd like, but so I'm trying to reach people on different uh, ways and in any ways that I can, as far as work, since I can only do so many one-on-ones. So that's how I created online programs and, and ways that I could reach out and get involved with other people as well. So why do people reach out to you for support with nutrition? Well, it could be of varying reasons. A lot there at the beginning of my career, I was getting reached out to by people who are at the end of their rope, who had tried everything in their power uh, that their doctor had told them to, to find health or regain their health and vitality back. And they just couldn't quite get there. And they'd been to even places like, you know, major health institutions in our country. And they basically told them they're, you know, they're SOL because they just don't have anything for them. And I've lived that experience myself. So, uh, and worked my way out of that hole. So I know how to help people in that scenario. I don't claim to be a doctor, but what I can do is I can create a plan. Um, I can get their nutrition set and, and that's a big piece of the puzzle for health and healing. And so once people get their nutrition set, it helps and begins to fix a lot of things. It's amazing how many things I'm sure you've seen get, can get fixed just from the food. So that's like my, my motto is food first. So I always teach the food first. We see what heals, what needs to be healed yet. Um, and then, then we can move from there and see what else, what other directions I can send them in, whether it's energy work, whether it's um, maybe they have like low-grade infections that need to be treated that, ha- that aren't being seen by mainstream medicine. That's yeah. a really common thing that, I'm see- that I've dealt with in my life and that I see a lot as well. So people come to me, to get back to your original question, people come to me when they're usually in some kind of despair or um, I also, on the other hand, I have very high performers that want to take, that are very into their health and well-being, and they want to take and like ascend to a whole nother level. And so that's when I come in and can help them as well. So what are those low grade infections that you recognize in your clients after they've started to adjust and clean up their diet? Oh, I've seen everything. Are you familiar with something called a rife frequency machine? Yes. Okay. So, so a rife frequency machine can its job is to kind of hit these low grade infections, but you've got to figure out what the low grade infections are. And so there's various ways for that, that I've seen and that I've seen work. One of the ways is something called a Zyto scan, Z-Y-T-O. And those work really well. Like our family, we just did, it's part of our wellness regimen, I would call it at this point. Um, I can't tell you theories. I can't tell you exactly why people have these low-grade infections over time and they're hard to get rid of, but I do believe that if they're not taken care of, they mount up to way bigger things. And so they can be like, um, it could be even like salmonella or 
or um, a viral infection that just won't go away, but doesn't show up on mainstream medicines radar. Yeah. And those are things that are, that are really common. I deal with myself. It could be fungus and mold. Fungus yeah. and mold is everywhere and it is big and it's a big problem and causes a big problem for people. And so that is something. Um, and I've found that people who get fungus and molds, like it's never a one-time deal. It's, it tends to be like an Achilles heel, like you, you, they get it frequently. So that's why you have to have something, a machine or, or something that can kill that stuff off. That's not pharmaceutical in my opinion, because that tends to never work for real healing. So how does somebody find a Zyto scan, a place to go <laughs> for a Zyto scan? I wish I could tell you because <laughs> the, I only have one place that I go to or that I, that's doing them now, uh, remotely and you can actually you have to buy what's called a hand cradle hook it up to your computer and if people want to know like well what does that even mean Zyto? it's as far as i understand the way it's it's scanning for frequencies of disease in the body yeah. so it's like it, it's not necessarily saying like yeah oh you have this raging full-blown whatever infection epstein-barr let's say but it could be like a low-grade situation that's still creating just as much havoc as maybe something that's full-blown and you certainly don't want things to get to full-blown and i believe it's these low-grade things that really is what takes people out i don't know again i don't really know exactly how we're picking these types of things up frequently whether um you know, whether it's in our food supply or, or, or in the water, I don't know, but um, it's clear that this is a recurring theme that shows up. And the, so the, the company that I use in Denver is called Acacia Health, A-C-A-C-I-A, Acacia Health and Wellness. And they now do um, where you can do it, uh, tele, how do you call it? Telecommunication, you know, tele whatever. Telemedicine. Yeah. Sorry. I couldn't think of the word, but you do have to buy the hand cradle and that's like 300 bucks. So it's a process. It costs money, but oh my gosh, people are, um, you know, sick and ready to not be sick. So I think most of the people that I encounter when they're in that, that place, they'll pay for anything because you just want help. And I've been there. Absolutely. I've been there too. So since you bring that up, what was your diet like when you were <laughs> training for the Olympics? I'm so curious what you were eating as a high-performance athlete. Oh, yeah. So it's embarrassing to tell you this because I often look back and think, how did I do what I did eating what I did? Yeah. I grew up a very standard American diet, very, very sad food plan uh, for the most part. Now I say that, but it's like, I don't, I feel bad because I'm like kind of throwing my parents under the bus. My mom would cook and she did make some great homemade meals, but they also both worked very, very busy lives, our whole family, four kids. So it wasn't like every day we were having home cooked stuff or homegrown anything. I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't have hippie parents. I literally was a standard American diet kid. And when I say that, uh, a swimmer, being a swimmer that I was, we, I don't know if you've ever known any swimmers, but we grew up on bagels, cereal, and pasta. And that's, and, you know, potatoes. It's like any carbohydrate you can get your hands on, you do, you're devouring. And I, when I say cereal, I mean like boatloads of it. So, yeah. yeah. And I don't mean any, 
I don't really believe there's any good cereal, but if there was, I don't even mean those. (laughs) My dad was on the number one swim team and water polo team in the state of California when he was in high school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my grandparents always told me how like they would find, you know, empty bowls and plates under his bed that, you know, he was eating all the time. Yeah. Because he was moving his body all the time. I believe it. Where, where was he up in uh, uh, Mission Viejo or something? Where oh, no. Um, back then, it was Palo Alto. Oh, okay. Aperton, yeah. That was the center of um, Olympic training for swimming. Um, oh, that's so great. That's where all the great, great athletes were for, for swimming. Like Mark Spitz was yeah. my dad's high school and all my dad's swim teams and that whole crew up there. So oh, he went that's to, so awesome. Yeah. He went to Menlo Atherton high school and they were a very competitive group of swimmers and, um, and water polo players, but obviously not, not on your level. <laughs> well, that's so awesome. It is a, the swimming community is a small community, so I'm familiar. Yeah. in a weird turn of events. So my, my aunt trained to be, um, she, she was training on the junior Olympic swim team and she's now retired, lives in Hawaii and is on a swim team for her age group in Hawaii. And her coach from Palo Alto is now her coach in Maui. What, like 40 years later. Oh my gosh. That's how That's small too community funny. is. Yeah. 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 It, it, it really is. The swimming community tight and it the ones that are um good send to it tends to stay good for a long time teams you know they send it tend to stay good for generations so it's fun to watch so if you were competing competitively now or training for any sort of sport now what would you be eating instead of bagels and cereal oh my gosh I would be it'd be like a 180 I mean I would definitely if I knew then what I know now, I would have eaten way more protein. Um, I didn't understand the value of it. I had a ton of glycemic, um, low glycemic dips when I was swimming, where I would get literally shaking towards the end of a two and a half hour practice because I didn't feel properly. I would have eaten more protein. I would have eaten more of the right carbohydrates. I would have eaten more healthy fats. I would have drank bone broth regularly. I mean, there are things that I just would have done so differently. And I say, I want to make it clear to any like young athletes that might hear this, that I, I say how I ate and I still did what I did, but I suffered some major health crisis for, for years of eating the way I did, um, you know, amongst other things health-wise, but the biggest piece was, was the food for sure that made the biggest impact on me as I moved forward um, and started healing. The food was the biggest piece. So if I could go back and change that, I would in a heartbeat. Do you work with any, or have you worked with any student athletes, or at least the parents that are fueling student athletes? Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I'm on a mission. Um, I where soon I, I'm in the process of creating something called the Five D Athlete Institute, mm-hmm. and what I what I'm excited about for that is that it, I will be servicing mostly, um, you know, growing teen athletes their parents and their coaches. And that is my goal is to be, to be the go-to online resource for that 
growing group of athletes and their parents. Yeah. There's nothing there for them, in my opinion, right now, that is really uh, a full uh, nutrition and wellness focus that they can go to. So what I see in young people, um, I have a program called Fuel Compete Repeat, and it's, um, it's an online program, and that'll be part of the 5D athlete work that I do. But it is, it's unbelievable to watch the old thought process, the old patterns that are still going on in food for young, for young athletes. I mean, it's, it's, they're still giving, you know, it's like chocolate milk and rice crispy treats. And that's what they eat at a halftime, let's say. That's still the suggested like registered standard registered dietitian words <laughs> or, or thought, thought process. I know, I know it is because you go, well, well, let me tell you something that's really bizarre is when I worked in the NFL and that you here you have the money, you have millions and millions of dollars that are going into these athletes, yet the, the protocol and the way that they're feeding them is so behind the times. And I just looked at that and I thought, oh, how is this happening? How, uh, how is there a soda machine in this cafeteria right now? How and why? Why this isn't necessary? Why are you making them like Otis Funkmeyer cookies every single day? And that would waft throughout the building. And it's like, if this is, and, and, then, and then I had athletes who would come to me and I'm not, I'm not trying to throw people under the bus, but I've, I'm also at a place where I just, I don't care anymore. There has to be there's a, it's time. It's the time has come for the shift. Okay. So it's, it's here. People are ready to hear how to do this properly. And, you know, uh, Otis Funkmeyer cookies and sodas aren't going to cut it. It's not. No. So what should somebody be eating the night before a big game or a competition? Because, you know, you and I grew up around the similar time where it was, we were told to eat pasta and carbs the night before. Yeah. yeah. Just a ton of it. Yeah. Just a big match. And that's kind of what you ate all the time. And that's not providing any nutritional density. Um, no. What would you eat nowadays the night before a competition? So my, and I know you, you've asked me about, or we've talked about my power plate formula. My power plate formula truly is um, something that you can utilize whether you're in heavy training or not. It's a great, the only thing that changes is the ratio of carbohydrate. What I call, I call carbohydrate energy givers on my program. And it's because when we're expending a lot of energy, we need, we need more of that. When we're sitting at a desk and doing, you know, um, conference calls all day, it's not so much, you know, that yeah. we need a ton of energy givers. So it's helpful to understand that. But but back to my power plate, um, the way I teach it is a is a formula. It's a system that that kids, in particular, I had it in mind for for younger people that it's like a plug in system. So it's like protein, healthy fats something green and then something, and then, um, did I say protein? Protein. And then, oh, then energy givers. Something green. 
than energy givers. So all of those ratios vary depending on your amount of activity and how hard you push your body. And um, there's no specific numbers here either. That's what I try and get people out of is this concept of numbers and trying to really connect with their intuition of needs. Once they get the information, then they can plug into their intuition because they've never been taught that before, like how to relate food with how they feel. And that's a big, that's like the la, the final piece. Cause you have to get that. There is like a, a chunk, like some tenants of real information I have to give my clients. And then they get, then we can talk about intuition and, and help them really start to relate to food differently than they ever have. Yeah. The, but, it's trial and error. They have to start to put your plates together and figure yes. out which ones make them feel good. Yes. And there's people that feel great on a ton of vegetables that I have in my plan. And there's people that don't like for me too much fiber in the form of vegetables or grains. It does not work for me. It actually fuels those low grade infections that I, that I have a tendency to get in my gut. So, so that's me. Now I've had clients that do better on a lot more vegetables and a lot more plant-based, but it's the rare, it's, it's rare for me to have someone who's hundred percent plant-based that really feels great. That's one thing I have learned throughout the years. And I've been a vegan in the past. Like I tried everything you can imagine. I've tried it all high protein, low protein, high fat. I can't do keto either. Keto doesn't work for me, but I have clients that a higher fat content really works for them. So it, it, that's when that intuitive piece comes in after they learn some of the tenets. I've tried everything as well. And <laughs> I have found the balance plate works best for me. And that if I add additional protein, any cravings or imbalances go away. Yes. Yes. 100%. And when I was a kid and I was riddled with all of these hypoglycemic states and I mean, I literally can remember like shaking while I was driving home and barely being, I mean, I was probably very close to passing out at some point. I just know it because of how bad I felt. And I just look back and I think, oh my gosh, I was so off. I was just so off the mark and I didn't get any healthy fats in my diet either. I didn't really know anything about that other than maybe what came from animal products that I was eating at the time. And those weren't even high quality. So it's a, it's a lot to fix when you're coming from that, that side of things. So what do you consider healthy fats these days? So for for me and on my program, healthy fats are anything that come from uh, grass-fed meats or, or, um, uh, any kind of wild game. Those are great fats. We, we tend to get scared of those because we just didn't, don't know about those. And we've been, you know, falsely fed information that says otherwise, but healthy fats from healthy meat, from healthy animal meat, um, well-processed, well-cared for animals. That's one. Uh, I would say if you can do dairy, grass-fed butter and ghee are fantastic too. I can't, I wish I could. Uh, I can, I, I was actually at my, um, a doctor friend of mine's farm the other day and had, he has a neighbor that has cows and they're, they're pastured and everything. And, um, we had raw milk and he, he turned it into whipped cream and he goes, you just have to try it. It's just so good. You know, with just a tiny bit of maple syrup and it was so good. And I didn't react. I couldn't believe yes. it. 
Yeah. I mean, Amazing. it's been a long time since I've tried even raw milk and um, cause I've just been reactive throughout the years to so much. And so it was so nice to see that I tolerated it and it was so tasty. So raw milk, I'm a big fan of if you're get, as long as you're getting it from a reputable farmer, um, when I say reputable, just one that's caring for his animals properly and, and clean, clean in a clean way. Um, but raw dairy can be fantastically healing for a lot of people. Uh, I, I, you know, I said, I, my family, I would, we can't do a ton of it, but little pieces here and there. Um, avocados are fantastic. And I prefer, I like nuts and seeds, but I myself being digestively challenged, have to be a little careful with too much, too many nuts and seeds, like raw, if they're turned into butter, it's a lot better for me. So like, you know, any kind of almond butter or, or any nut mix, butter is way more digestible for me than um, just raw nuts and seeds themselves. But those are all fantastic, healthy fats. And then you also were talking about um, carbohydrates and the type of carbohydrates that are actually gonna fuel you. Yes. What are those in your opinion? So I've, I'm a big fan for athletes of root, root vegetables. And you know what I just tried last night? I never had a, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting what it's called now. It's a type of um, squash. It starts with a C. It's small and green. Oh, kabocha? No, it's Mexican. not. The, they're yeah. smaller. This It's oh. like, uh, it's like a Mexican little it'll come to me. It's not an acorn squash. No, but I love all those. Those are yeah. fantastic forms of energy givers on my plant. Plantains, yes. you know, anything. I prefer all that over grains on my plant, but I also, at, coming from a standard American diet and food plan, I also understand that it's to transition people. There has to be some grains typically used. And so I would go for anything gluten-free. I would go quinoa is fantastic. Um, I call it a grain, but I guess it's really a seed. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, rice is fine in, in small amounts, but athletes sometimes need that stuff, especially for ease. It can be difficult when traveling. It can be difficult when um, athletes are in college, you know, making their, so those types of things are more readily available than like, say, a butternut squash. <laughs> yeah. But that's good to know if people are looking to make a transition and add more performing starches, this is a great time of year, the fall and winter to do acorns, kabocha, yes. butternut squash. Um, you can just go to the store. There's so many different types of sweet potatoes. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Sweet. Exactly. Sweet potatoes, all the different varieties. I love the white ones. Those are fantastic. I love the Japanese white sweet potatoes as well. They're my yeah. favorite. Those are so good. And then I think I saw something on your website. Maybe you had a recipe or something for one. Yeah. I remember, so but... I like the, the Japanese sweet potatoes have the red skin and the white flesh. Yes. There's another type of white sweet potato with white skin and white flesh. I like both. I like both too. Yeah. And then I love taking parsnips and then mixing a little bit of that, one of the sweet potatoes and yes boiling it and making mashed potatoes out of it with ghee, a little sea salt, white pepper. It's so good. You just need a little bit. And because it's naturally sweet, you don't need dessert afterwards. Right. And what I actually love most about it is you can steam any vegetable you want and you can almost use your root vegetable mash as a dip. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. And that I love parsnips as well. I didn't mention those, but yes, that's fantastic. My mom does like a parsnips and carrots together. That's so good, but I can see where parsnips and sweet potatoes would be excellent. Like I'm going to make, I'm going to make like a chili tonight. I have bison. A bison's a great, you know, healthy fat and protein. And I'm going to make this bison chili and it won't be like what most people probably think of chili. I, I can, I only put like a little bit of beans, like I'll, I'll use some black beans and that's it. Maybe one cup or two of them. And it'll be a big thing because our family eats a lot. So I have to make a big thing, but I'll put in some, um, butternut squash puree, oh. you know, pureed and, and pumpkin too. Very so that's smart. Yeah. And that helps kind of, then I don't use as much tomato sauce. It's not just so tomatoey, if that makes sense. I love that idea. Very yeah. smart. Mm -hmm. And then I'll put in some other, you know, maybe some um, zucchini or carrots, celery, just some other. My husband will always say to me, so can we just do it with meat and bean tonight? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Vegetables will be added to your chili. And he just can't quite get with it over the years, even 20 years married, but, uh, but he knows that it's all in, it's all for his health. Yes. When I make chili for my clients, I increase the carrots and celery in there. Yeah. So they just kind of don't know that they're getting more vegetables. So I always just double the carrot and celery. And then I like to offer spinach or chard for them to stir in when they reheat it. Um, yes, because it's just a great way to add a little extra green in there. It makes it more thick and, yeah. you know, it's I good. love that. I love those too. In fact, where we're living right now in Boulder, there's a farm right up the street. We do this walk around this lake and I can see they're, they're growing, um, Swiss chard over there. I want to go get some. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, they have, um, all different kinds of squashes and Swiss chard. And it's really, we've been walking by every day and it looks like it's about ready to go. <laughs> That's so nice. You're very yeah. lucky. How are the farmers markets in Colorado and Denver? I have found, I will tell you, we've lived a lot of places and uh, we were just in a small town called Salida and they had a fantastic farmer's market and we've lived in Parker. We've lived near, uh, which isn't far from Denver. And now we're a bit North and everywhere here, you can find great stuff. It's, it is a wonderful, to me, it's like foodie heaven here. It really is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. And even um, where we were staying, you know, we're in a, we're just, we're in transitional living right now, but where we're staying, there's all kinds of people around here have chickens in their backyards. And this is just, this is like a neighborhood. It's not a farm. We're not out on land. This is just a neighborhood. So I'm guessing like the ordinances and stuff up here must be conducive to that. You're allowed to do that in yeah. your backyard. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I want to reach over the fence and ask, hey, can I buy some from you? <laughs> I know, absolutely. Yeah, there's no better way to get eggs than yeah. ones that are just in someone's home. And that's another healthy fat on my program too. Um, healthy pastured eggs, not to be confused with pasteurized. And uh, those are fantastic, healthy fat and great protein. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen 
is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini Mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on StarseedKitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. Well, as we're moving into the holidays, which like we talked about, this is such a great time of year for food and for root vegetables and for really dark leafy greens. How do you support your clients that you do work one-on-one with to kind of stay on this plan of evolving their diet and their food choices so they feel good and can perform at a higher level? How do you help them you know, navigate the holiday season? So sticking with the the power play formula is critical. And the more you stick with it, so the more you stick with that, the better you feel. The better you feel, the better you want to feel. And you don't want to um, venture off of it, let's just say. Because you once you get this intuitive feeling about food and you know something doesn't, like when I used to eat, holidays and I was thinking about your questions the other day I was I really was thinking back to when I used to eat when I was younger and I always felt sick afterwards and and um I can remember like going into Italian restaurants and eating like a whole loaf of bread before I even ate the meal and I don't eat any I barely even eat grains now so I remember also having bent over like stomach pain that I couldn't that I could hardly walk from. So right after I ate that baguette of bread. So I think back on that time period and there's a lot of people that don't get sick from food. So it's like, they have to make that intuitive um, connection. And maybe, maybe it isn't stomach sick like I got, but it might be something different. They might get eczema that they aren't even relating to their food intake. They might get, uh, let's say, brain fog. That's a common one I, I've seen in a lot of my clients uh, is a common like just brain fog situation. I had a guy who was going to quit his job, big time job, because he just couldn't, he was going to retire very, very young because he couldn't even focus and think anymore. And we got him on track too. So there's... I go back to that plate and you, your question, go back to your question. I know I always yeah. go here, here and there. No, it's great. Uh, he, the question being, you know, the holidays, when you relate how you eat with how you feel, it's not that hard to stay on track because you also learn ways, like everything I eat now on a holiday, a typical holiday meal for me doesn't look that far different from what it used to look like. It's just, I've removed the inflammatory ingredients. I've increased my nutrient density. I've increased my quality of food. So those are the biggest things that shift, not the actual food. I still make like a pumpkin um, pie, we'll call it, but mine turns ends up being like more like a mousse because I don't use a crust. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's literally thick, almost like I don't have to have a crust. I take and I take, um, you're going to die laughing. I take the back because my mom always did this. And we do have an emotional connection to food yeah. that I'm not discrediting at all. There is 
a place for like having mom's pie at the table. I understand that emotional connection. So for me, the way I do that is she, she always took the back of Libby's pumpkin pie recipe. I do that, but I translate some, or I, um, I change out, I, I call them simple switches. I simple switch out some of the, re- the recipe. So instead of a can of like condensed milk, I use a can of full fat coconut milk. And, and I even use the pumpkin like in the can because I can only like do so much. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's like sometimes, not a big deal. Sometimes buying the pumpkin, de-seeding it, roasting it or steaming it, I completely understand. Unless you have a team with you in the kitchen, yes. there are certain steps from cooking from scratch that are exhausting. Yes. And if you want to, you don't have to use Libby's. You can get the organic one at Sprouts or wherever, Whole Foods. And I will tell you, it doesn't taste the same (laughs) because I do both. I'll do both. Do you want to know why? So, you know, you probably know they probably add MSG. So they don't, you don't have to actually put MSG on a lot of your product labels. Um, and it's really interesting. Bon Appetit magazine over the past few months has really been pushing MSG. They've been having tons of articles on their online website, posting on Twitter and social media um, about all these different brands that use MSG and how MSG is, you know, is makes your food taste so much better. And you just, you know, you have to use it because it just makes life better. And so they're interviewing all these chefs and food influencers promoting MSG right now. And they're also promoting a lot of products that use it and saying that they use it, but again, showing the ingredients label and it's not on the ingredients list. That's so terrible. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, in Europe, you know, you have to put this stuff. You can't, it's, it's our country for whatever reason they can slide and not have to put it. Yes. Yeah, so I never would have guessed that. MSG that's and why you're tasting a flavor difference because I'm sure you're looking at the organic pumpkin puree yes. and the Libby yes. pumpkin puree, and you're seeing it's basically the same ingredients inside. Yes. If there's such a flavor difference. It's probably because there's MSG. That's so crazy. And I never would have even put that together because to me, MSG and pumpkin wouldn't have even have gone together, but you're so right. That's exactly yeah. spot on. It's so weird. It's, it's, you'll never know where it is really. That's so crazy. So I'm, so I noticed last holidays and this might be TMI, but we're talking, you know, I'm an open book about this stuff. Um, last holidays I made the Libby's and I thought, and I did it with very minimal ingredients. You know, it's like three eggs, great eggs that I buy healthy eggs. I use the organic um, full fat, um, coconut milk. And I'll use sometimes a little agave or coconut sugar for a little bit sweetness, never as much as they say, and whatever vanilla. And I got really bloated and gassy. And I thought what I couldn't figure it out because I'm looking and you're you're spot on. So I'm going to do the other one this year and we'll see. I'll let you know. I do the same thing with you. I take traditional family recipes, like my mom's stuffing and I upgrade every ingredient. And I love it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it feels better to me. I still only have a little bit, but I'm so satisfied. Um, But yeah, you, you have to kind of go through and upgrade every little ingredient. And then over time you're experiencing your body will know the difference and you'll know when it's time to 
graduate to upgrading another ingredient. Yes, that's something absolutely. Not cutting it anymore, and it's it's fantastic how our body talks to us in that way. It it really is. Um, and I used to say, I used to say the words, and we have to be careful how we like talk about things. I used to say, I'm just so sensitive. And now I've changed that over the last five years. And my family laughs at me, you know, they'll all, they all joke and say, I'm highly attuned. Yes. Or, <laughs> or your body is just so smart. Yes. Your body is so smart. Yes. It knows all it can, it can spot out the fakers and it can spot yes. out the things that don't really serve anybody. And you're just ahead of the game. Yes. And so when I start, and speaking of head of the game, you know, I started this process over 20 years ago and I was ahead of the game. I'm just going to say it. And, and that occurred to a lot of people as weird and out there. And so I tapered some of my stuff down over the years. Um, I was going to use the slogan on my car when I first started over 20 years ago, food is medicine. And my husband and I were talking about, it's like, that's ah, a little too much. Like, because it was back then, like it was yeah. too much for people and it was too hippie and uh, too out there. But now who has the slogan food is medicine? Dr. Josh Axe, who's making millions and trillions of dollars, I'm sure. Um, and I'm glad for him that he is. I'm glad because I, that means to me that it, it was people are ready now and yeah. it's, it's okay, you know, like to get, be out there with some of this and to talk about the things that I've known for 20 years and, and just haven't said yet and are, and are, you know, ready to share. Yeah. Well, you're positioned yourself perfectly, you know, and what I'm really excited about is that high school and college students that are, you know, performing at real optimal levels physically, but also they need to mentally as well. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to have access to information to support them. Um, yes. Diet is so critical when you're that age and life can be so much easier if you're eating foods that make you feel good and make you yeah. look good, you know? Oh my gosh. So it's much stress. So true. And think about we really have a, a, an epidemic of, of mental health, uh, a, a huge mental health challenge, I'll say, in our country right now also. And I am a firm believer that the food is a huge, a huge root in that. I'm not denying trauma that people have to deal with and all that. I'm just saying that it's unbelievable the impact that what you're eating can make on your mental health and well-being. I, mean, I have literally connected fe just feelings of being down with certain foods. There's certain certain foods, in particular for me, grains can yeah. get me feeling a certain way. And I, I just so if people ask me, well, how do you eat besides my power plate? Like if you don't understand all that, I would call myself practically paleo because I dabble in grains here and there, because there's just sometimes things I really want to have. Um, but really, um, I don't do well with grains. And that was a big, that was huge for me to like make a connection to. And it was also um, a little depressing because <laughs> to take out, I'd already been dairy free and gluten free yeah. and lower sugar is, is, you know, as lower as I can kind of be. Um, but anyway, so I just, the grains was another piece for me. So I dabble in that and I can have some here and there. And I know which ones make, 
I'm always gluten-free on the grains, but if there was anything I had to say that I was, I would call it practically paleo. So one thing that people often have a challenging time with when they're trying to kind of clean up their diet or upgrade their diet is breakfast. Uh-huh. What do you like to have for breakfast kind of throughout the seasons? Cause you know, I know our, what we want and what serves us is always changing. So I'd love yes. some of the breakfast that you enjoy or you recommend. You hit the nail on the head too. It is seasonal. And I do um, promote on my food plan, a seasonal eating pattern, going with what's available food wise is very important. It's important um, that we, what sun that we're receiving, if it's on the parallel to what sun the, our food is receiving, we link up very well with our food. We link up better. Um, it took me years to learn that. No one taught me that even in schooling. I never got taught that. I, a lot of my stuff I had to learn on my own. So breakfast can be a tricky one because I have had clients and myself, my son, uh, I really, my family outside of my husband, none of us love breakfast foods, like yeah. traditional breakfast foods. And most of them don't work for us outside of eggs. And I don't even, can't even eat eggs a ton. And so, uh, for me, I love to have bone broth and it's especially during the winter. And what I say for athletes is to make, bro- make, you know, so easy, you put it in an instant pot nowadays and it's done yeah. and you can do it in like force. I, I try and do mine for six hours, but you know, as long as you want do it. And then for athletes, it's important to put like a root vegetable in it and, and, you know, emulsion blend it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So then you can get some of that carbohydrate. Cause you can't, it's for an athlete to like have that in the morning let's say they don't love breakfast foods or a big breakfast. It's, it's perfect because you're getting that collagen, you're getting those healthy fats, and then you insert some, um, some energy giver in there. And then it makes it like a really balanced, perfect morning. So that's what I will say for, for my athletes to have in the mornings. If you don't like having like a traditional breakfast or a big breakfast, otherwise, you know, if you love your, your, fresh eggs with some bacon and some, or, or any kind of, any, any kind of breakfast meat that you like, that's on the more natural end, you know, you're getting it, you're trying to get it as, as healthy as, as you can, maybe at the farmer's market or from a farmer, then that's a great go-to as well. I have no problem with good old traditional breakfast. Of course, I try and add some greens into it somehow. Um, And and then for an athlete, you're going to need some sort of energy giver source, whether that's, um, I love those root vegetables still. So maybe it's a sweet potato or for more traditional person, maybe it is oatmeal. I don't suggest the cold oats that I know is so popular. And a lot of people do that overnight oat stuff. Um, For me and anyone digestively challenged, that will not be enough for those oats. They will not have cooked enough and broken down enough. Have you found that with your clients? Yeah, I don't believe that oats are made to be soaked in the fridge. I think you need to cook them for the phytates. Um, and yes. I'm not a fan of rolled oats. I'm a fan of ideally, um, oat growth. So the actual whole oat got it. Second choice would be the steel cut steel cut, making sure that you're cooking them with extra water, a little bit slower. So they have more time to break down. Yes. And then it's super easy. It's much, much easier for people to, to, 
digest and absorb. And we know oats really fuel um, lots of Northern armies, the Scottish Highlands, all that. But I think they were preparing it very differently than we are with nut milks in the fridge. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's what was, what was cutting it. Absolutely. Uh, we are on the same page, 100%. And it, it's hard to, sometimes it can be hard to shift a, a night, you know, a 16 year old who wakes up and eats a pop tart or a granola bar. They have to go through phases sometimes to get to that. Cause that, yeah. that sounds undoable to them at that point, when you're starting from a granola bar in the morning, <laughs> like a traditional one to go, oh, I'm going to cook these um, steel cut oats for, but once I can show them, it's not as hard as they think Yes. then. And I'm sure it, you're in the same position with people. Like when you show them, it's really not that big of a deal. And like, just like you said, our ancestors, they did not just, you know, soak something in something. And it's like that, especially with those phytates, it's not, you know, instantly ready. We just have to get out of that mindset. Things aren't, some of these foods are not instantly ready. And yeah. some people even argue, some even nutritionists even argue, and more of the like animal uh, food community that the push for animal protein and consumption, it would even argue that those foods aren't even made for our consumption. So you have to at least really work to break them down. It's just, if you think of native people anywhere, they always were grinding and uh, anytime they had a, a grain, you know, think about the preparation that they put into it. Yeah. Some, there's a lot of foods. So I love food history and I love learning about how other generations ate. So I've spent time at the Santa Barbara historical society and going through the oldest cookbooks that they had on hand. And they, wow. yeah, they had cookbooks that were written in 1900, but they were recipes from the 1890s and nothing the only thing that they had that you could make instantly were salads. They had tons of salad recipes, tons of salad dressing recipes, but most of the foods were took a long time to prepare. And they had bone broth in, yeah. in the cookbook from the yeah. 1890s, you know, and they would cook it all day long. All day, yeah. They would just turn off the fire at night and let it cool down as they slept. And when they wake up in the morning, all the fat will have risen to the top. They would scrape that off and use that as their cooking fat yes. and drain the broth and then yes. drink or use the broth, but nothing happened. You know, meals weren't made in 15 minutes. No, no. And we, as much as we would like that to be true to like fit our lifestyle these days, I just, it's just not it's not in our best interest to yeah. eat that way. And we have to get back to some of these slower. It's just like sitting with people. It's like now at a restaurant, you go in and you like, you have to pull out your phone to get the menu. And I, I don't like anything about that. And then you can order on your phone. I want to, this is supposed to be like a, then now all of a sudden a social process that we used to have. Now we're all staring at our phones to figure out what we want. It's odd to me, and it's taking out a lot of our traditional uh, ways of being that were very, very um, high on the wellness factor, we'll call them. They were good for us. They were, they kept us together. They kept us social. And cooking is one of them, those things as well. And it's, it's part of our DNA, I think, to, to do those things. I agree. Well, 
for the people listening today, is there maybe one recommendation you can share with the listeners that they could, you know, consider adding into their life just to improve their well-being? If you had to choose just kind of one way they can upgrade their health yeah. or their diet. I, I was thinking about this and I wanted to give, if you don't mind, one lifestyle suggestion and one food suggestion. Yeah. So the, the food suggestion would be start making bone broth. I mean, really like it's so nutrient dense and it's so easy. Get yourself a, a um, Instapot and do it. It's so simple. And guess what? I prefer personally just the flavor of chicken over beef bones, but um, they're now selling at Sprouts in a bag, a chicken carcass. Oh, nice. I've never seen uh, like an organic pasture chicken carcass. I'd never seen that before. So you can just, now you don't even have to worry about like where your bones are coming from. You've always been able to buy soup bones, like the traditional beef ones. Yes. But so it's so simple. It's just so simple. And uh, I am going to have on my Instagram soon, I'm going to be launching some new videos and it's going to have a link to like a quick breakfast ideas PDF. And on that will be my bone broth recipe. I'm sure you probably have one you give all your people so you can find these anywhere, you know, find, get a recipe. It's so simple and you can insert bone broth into any part of your day. If you're feeling cravings for something, have some warm bone broth. If you're, if you're waking up the morning, you don't know what to eat, have some bone broth. It is so nutritiously compacted wonderfulness. I just love it. That would be one food thing. And then the lifestyle thing would be to get outside, get your feet, you know, you're in California, get your feet in the sand, get your feet in the dirt, get your face in the sun, body in the sun, you know, get out of your, of your house, get out of your office and just get some sun. Even if it's just for 15 minutes during, you know, your lunch break at the office, those two things alone can really shift a lot. Those are great, great suggestions. Thank you, Anita. Yes, thank you. Where can people find your online classes? Where can they keep learning from you, connect with you? Please share. Yeah, Yeah, so my website is called championpowered.com. And on there, you can see like uh, programs or, or I can't remember how it's called, but you'll see it's, it's clear on there. And then I also have a YouTube channel with some great videos for it's mostly geared for younger athletes, but it, really any athlete, anyone who's looking to really anyone can take the tips because it's all basic tenants that I follow, whether you're a high performer athlete, a high performer uh, corporate person, or just someone looking to feel better. They're all similar tips and tenants. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And then how can people connect with you? So when you launch your new um, program, that they're aware of that for for athletes. I would say go just start following me on Instagram. It's it's Anita underscore Nall, N-A-L-L. Anita under, that's underscore, right? Nall. N-A-L-L. So because that's where I'm going to put all my new videos and PDFs and things are going to start. I'm going to start slow launch there till I get the back end of everything prepared and running. But I'm really excited about the 5D Athlete Institute. And I just, I just want to help people. I just want to help athletes and, and young people in general. 
um, not have to go through feeling 20, you know, 20 years or I actually spent a decade, really, I would call a decade of illnesses. Uh, I just don't want anyone to have to suffer the way I did. And, and they can find true health within themselves. It really is choices that we make. It's, we have this concept, this is the last thing I'll say, I just get so excited about this stuff. The last thing I'll say is, you know, I think we have this concept that is like so hard and there's so many, but if you just think food first, it can, it can fix so many things. I completely agree with you. If the listener can just start with their food foundation, everything else will fall into place naturally. 100%. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Anita. And for anyone listening, if they want to continue to learn more or listen more, you can check out my Instagram or social media handles at Starseed Kitchen or Whitney Aronoff on basically any platform where you enjoy social media. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for your time, Anita. And see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.